Thank you for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is using Adventure Church to speak into your life. If you would like to support Adventure Church financially, you can do so online and help us bring messages just like this one to you each and every week. Now let's prepare our hearts to hear a word from God. All right. Well, good morning, everyone. So glad to have you here on this Celebration Sunday. If you are new, my name is Kyle. I'm the lead pastor here. Uh, we're honored to have you if you are a guest with us today. Uh, this truly is a family that you can be a part of and belong to, and it's our prayer and hope uh, that you'll sense that and feel that throughout the experience today. I want to welcome those of you tuned in online, wherever you're joining in today. Thanks for being a part of our service. Well, this is kind of the, the end, but yet the beginning of our next initiative. We are in week five of this series and this initiative. If you don't know what it is, where have you been? One, uh, two, uh, you can find out all the information. There's magazines still in the lobby if you have questions about what we're doing, uh, what's happening. But $2.5 million we're trying to raise over the next two years, uh, not just for a piece of property, but for our local and global uh, initiatives and ministries and outreaches that we're a part of. And 1.6 million of that is already projected to come in if nobody uh, took any steps when it came to generosity. So we're trying to raise roughly about 900000 to a million dollars over the next two years to help us expand our impact and to become permanent uh, in, as, as the church goes. And so uh, we have been in this initiative, in this series. And a quick recap, we've been looking at the life of Abraham and how God has called us, just like Abraham, to live a yes God, faith-filled life. That when God speaks, that we obey, uh, we have to understand that that obedience will be met with the enemy's opposition. And so whenever you take a step of faith, the enemy will resist to try to get you to kind of pull back and to retreat. But we can move forward because God is with us and we have victory in him. And we talked about it's not enough just to believe in God, we got to trust God. we got to give our lives to him follow him in faith and to have next level faith that has to become active in our lives and then when God is honored when we give him what he wants when he wants it and how he wants it and he wants all of us he wants our heart and he wants to be first in our lives in Genesis 22 Abraham's story is kind of at this defining moment God has again promised him that he would bless him that he would give him a son in his old age that would kind of be the one that all generations would come through and uh, he waited he was patient God gives him this son, and then we kind of come to really, in Genesis chapter 22, one of the most amazing stories, I believe, in, in the Bible, where it says that God comes to Abraham, and again, Isaac was his promise, this was his only son that was going to be the heir to what God wanted to do, and, and to see uh, God's promises fulfilled in Abraham's life through Isaac, and once he has Isaac, God comes to him and says, I want you to sacrifice your son Isaac as a burnt offering. In the Old Testament, they would make sacrifices of the, the, their, their animals, the, the first, the pure uh, animals. They would bring those to God. That would be how God would forgive them of their sin. As we know now, New Testament Christians, that Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. And so he paid the price, so we no longer have to. But in this time, uh, this was a custom that they were used to. And he says, I want you to sacrifice Isaac. And so he, he brings Isaac to the Lord, and, and essentially as soon as, Scripture says, as soon as God told him, it said, the next day he got up early, he saddled his donkey, he cut wood for the fire, he took his son Isaac along with two of his servants on a three-day journey uh, to the mountain. And when they got to Mount Moriah, Abraham asked his servants to stay at the bottom and to wait until they returned. And I thought it was amazing that Abraham said, wait, we will both be back. He already had the faith to know, I don't know what God's going to do, but God will provide for me. And as they climb up the mountain, Isaac is like, 
hey, Dad, I, I know that we're coming to present a sacrifice. That's why we come to this mountain. Uh, where's the lamb? Who, who, what are we going to be sacrificing? And Abraham looks at Isaac and says, don't worry, God's going to provide the sacrifice for us. And so they get to the top of the mountain, and Abraham built the altar there with stones. He placed the wood on the altar. He tied up Isaac, and he placed him over the wood. He began to lift his knife into the air to do uh, really the unimaginable. And right before uh, he was going to do that, an angel intervenes and says, Abraham, wait, God has provided a ram in the thicket for you to sacrifice. And so the angel told Abraham, now that you have shown that you will not withhold anything from God, not even your own son, God is going to bless you in a huge way. And when I thought about that this week, I just thought, man, how Abraham obviously hall of fame when it comes to faith and just who he was and as we saw throughout his journey he just had kind of this trust and this belief and and would just trust God but I thought this was the very thing that he had been trusting God for this was the fulfillment to his promise that God had told him and here God is now asking for the very thing that he has been journeying with walking through with God for years and years now and God's saying bring this and that without even thinking without hesitation he was able to say, I will offer even my son to God. Unimaginable what he had to do, and the faith that he had is very challenging to me. And in Hebrews eleven seventeen, it kind of gives us some insight into what Abraham was thinking in that moment. It says, it was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son Isaac, even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, listen to this, God was able to bring him back to life again. That is faith, church. That's amazing faith to go, the very thing, are you willing to lay down the promise that God gave you? the dream that God gave you, believing that as you offer that to God, that God is able to bring it back to life if necessary. He trusted God that much to say, even if I go through with this, I'm believing for God to provide, but even if he doesn't, God could bring him back from the dead. God can do it. You see, Abraham trusted God. He trusted his promises so much that he believed that no matter what happened, God would be faithful to keep his promise to Abraham. God tested Abraham, he passed the test, and he gave exactly to God what he wanted. Abraham held nothing back, and God blessed him for it. Not only did he get his son Isaac back, he was blessed beyond imagination. God promised to bless his descendants, to make them as many as the stars in the sky, to give them victory in all that they would do, and that every person in the world would be blessed through his family, all because God trusted, because he trusted God and obeyed him. And throughout the series, I'd encourage you to go back and watch. We've seen how God fulfilled that promise and how that came to pass today. But I believe Abraham trusted God in a way that we still can trust God the same way today. And this biblical truth that Abraham believed and held on to still applies to us today, and it's this right here, that where God guides, he will always provide. Where God guides you, where, where he leads you, what he asks you to do, he will always bring the provision for you see, for today, we've been talking over the last few weeks about how we're asking our whole church to pray, to plow with us, to say, I'm going to pray, I'm going to listen, I'm going to be obedient to God, and then I'm going to watch God do in me and in our church only what God can do. And we've been asking you to pray. for the, And if you are part of the Adventure Church family, 
We've been saying, hey, this is your home, this is your future, this is our church, it isn't my church, it's, not, it, it, it's our church together in what God would want us to do. And I believe he has a unique, tailor-made, two-year commitment for every one of us, that God wants to speak, that he wants to stretch us. And it's not our responsibility to try to like guess what that number should be, it's our responsibility to quiet our hearts before God, to pray and to seek God, and, and ask him for guidance, and then be willing to surrender to his guidance and whatever he asks us to do. And if we do that, God will bring the provision to fulfill his promise just like he did for Abraham. He'll do it for us because, listen, where God guides, he will always provide. Here we have our giving ladder, and as you've seen this throughout uh, this whole initiative, it's been in your magazines, we've showed it on the screen, we've talked about it every week. And the reality is is that everyone is somewhere on, on the ladder. Some of you may be on the potential level where you've never really engaged in giving, you've never really uh, been given to anything or been generous, especially when it's come to the church, and for whatever reason, maybe it's just you can't afford it at the time, maybe you've never even really been taught about stewardship and generosity, but you've been here as a potential giver, and, and even if you're here, you're not engaged, we believe everyone can take a step or two, and you could step up to an emerging giver. An emerging giver is someone that says, hey, you know, as, as, as I get a little extra, I give a little extra. It's not really consistent, it's more sporadic, but I give a 20 here, 50 here, I give when I can type of thing, and if you're at an emerging level, we believe God's saying, hey, what if you took a step to become a consistent giver, where you said, you know, I, I'm not where I can get to a place of tithing at this point in my life, but I can become consistent to where I, I start budgeting in my generosity, and so I can't give 10, but I'm going to give 5% or 7%, and then I'm going to set up a recurring donation online that it comes out first, and it goes to God first, and I want to become consistent and have a system to my giving. Then others of you, you've been here for a long time, you've been consistent, and we've been saying pray about your step to really tithe, and we gave an illustration a couple weeks ago how the scripture says that we bring our first tenth to God, and when we do that, that he blesses the rest, and, and we believe that if God can take the 90% further than we can take the 100% by ourselves, and many of you have been wrestling for years kind of with this step, and this was a big step, but we've already seen people being willing to do that, and our leaders who have made commitments first, 62 uh, commitments have already come in, we've raised almost half of our goal already just through the leaders in our church saying, hey, we're going to take our next step, everyone's going to take their step, and as you begin to tithe and trust God, we believe that God will bless you for it that you'll see the blessings of God in your life as you take that step of obedience and then we have people in our church that are at this level the extravagant level of giving where they've learned to even live on less than the 90% they've said I've become content with 60 70 80% of my income and as God blesses me with more man that blessing goes through me out and I continue to bless others God's church other organizations and they become an extravagant giver and some of you who have been tithing for such a long time I believe God's going to say hey tithing you know isn't isn't the ceiling it's just the floor for what I have for you and if I can get more through you I'll bring more to you. You see, it doesn't matter where you are on the ladder. What we've been saying, the goal for this entire initiative isn't a dollar amount. It's everyone participating. It's 100% participation where we say God has something for you when it comes to generosity. There's a new adventure for you. And as you take your next step to pursue Jesus through generosity, we believe if everyone does that, the goal will take care of itself. God will take care of that. That's his 
to take care of. It's our job to be obedient. Some of you, God's saying take a step. Some of you, he's saying take two or three steps. It's time. Whatever he's asking you to do, don't hesitate. Be like Abraham. Trust God that where God guides, he always provides. He will provide. There's a lady in our church, and I asked permission to share a story. She started coming when we started the next initiative. She had been watching online, and she had been in a very rough season and uh, battling with some depression, some anxiety, and was just really in a dark place. She says, it was impacting my entire life. I'm blessed. I have kids, great family, great husband, and it was impacting everything. We'd go on vacation. I couldn't even enjoy it. I was trying everything. I went to medical doctor. I went to psychologist. I was doing yoga. I was trying everything to try to get this to lift, and I started watching online, and, and I thought, I just need to come, and I need to get there, and so she comes to church, and and she's here, and she says, I don't know what was going on, uh, but the whole service, I just wept. I just began to cry. And as I walked out the doors for the first time in months, I could tell that the burden had lifted, that I wasn't depressed anymore. Yeah, praise God for that, right? It wasn't a message, right? It wasn't what I said. She came and had an encounter with God. And so she walks out. She had never experienced anything like that in her life. And she walked out and she goes, I don't know what it is, but I got to come back for more. So she started coming back and she was coming during the next series. Our consultant told us, he said, hey, listen, whenever you start a generosity initiative, we've done this with hundreds of churches. He goes, your attendance will drop by 20%, just like that. Because some people just don't want to hear it because of their perception, because of their experience. And I, I wrestle with that as a pastor, that perception is reality. And I'm always trying to, to, to hopefully get past your perception of what you think a pastor is, to just be authentic and real with you, to teach God's word the best way that I know how, to challenge you, not in a manipulative way, but to say, I believe God has more, and not to call you to do something that I'm not willing to do. God's called me and Jess to go beyond where we've normally been when it comes to generosity through this initiative. So I've always wrestled with that. So I go, here I am, and this lady is coming, having an encounter with God, and, and, and we're in the middle of this initiative. And so she comes and meets with me last week, and she says, I don't know what it is, Kyle. She goes, but I know this. She goes, I don't know what I experienced. I know it was God at this point. And she's reading book after book, learning and growing and just soaking in. She's just so hungry for God. And she goes, I don't know what it is, but I'm all in. Because whatever God gave me that first day, I want more of that. And I believe others need that because here I am, blessed job, blessed home, living the life that I thought I'd always want to live. And I was depressed and, and anxiety filled and ridden, stressed out, worried, and God set me free. And if he can do that for me in one meeting, what else does he have for me? And she said, so I'm all in. And I just want you to know, she comes by, she goes, here's my commitment card. She goes, I was never, ever a giver. She goes, I'm tithing because if this is what God has for me, I'm all in. I want more of what God has. I want him to know that I'm all in, and if my heart will follow that, man, I want them to have all of me. You see, that's what this initiative's been about. And I'm not saying that story and to tell you that you have to be like Heather and you need to start. That's what God did for her. That's what God's speaking to her. She's just being obedient to what God is asking her to do, and that's what we're asking you to do. To say, be obedient to what God is telling you to do. God has more for you. If you want all of him, go all in. Trust God. See that he won't do what he said he'll do. You see, some of you, you have a number in mind, and you've been praying, you've been wrestling. I've talked to some of you and counseled with some of you, and they're like, you know, the, the number that I like, feel like God's given me, I just, I don't think we can do it, and so we have this other number, too. <laughs> and this number we feel a little more comfortable with. This number, we're like, I don't know, God. And you've been wrestling with that, and I'm just telling you that if you think you can do your number with very little effort or change to your life, then that's probably not God. 
that's not going to stretch you beyond the place where you're at to where God really can move and do something unique and powerful in your life. And so today, as you're praying and seeking God, I just want to challenge you one more time to say, God, what do you want me to do? What is your number for me? And it'll probably make you go like this, like it did me. And two weeks ago at Advanced Commitment Night, I wrote, God told us to double what we normally give. And we were already here. And God said, I want you to double it. And I was like, all right, God, I'll trust you. But then I wrote the number down. And I was like, whoa, oh, so that's double. Hey, Jess, can you start shopping at Aldi's this week instead of, you know, <laughs> like, okay. But I really felt like it was a stretch. It was like, are you sure, God? But then I really felt like God was like, I got this. Trust me. Trust me. And so that's where I want you to get. I want you to get to a place as you go throughout this process, as you've been praying, saying, God, what is your number? What are you challenging me to do? What do you want to do through me? And God, I will trust as where you guide me to go, you will provide for it. Because where God guides, listen, he always provides. He always provides. What is that number that's going to be pleasing to God? You see, you can't have a story of faith until you step out in faith. I was going to share with you a story when I was in college and all these guys went cliff jumping and I was scared. Like I did like the little cliff and then they went up to this big cliff and they jumped off the cliff and we all drive back to the dorm and they're just telling their stories of exhilaration and the freedom they felt flying through the air. And, and I'm sitting there with my mouth quiet and I'm just like, you know, listening to their stories and I thought, I don't have a story because I wasn't willing to jump. And I wanted to have a story. I wanted to go back to the dorm and be like, hey, listen to what I did. But I didn't have one because I didn't have the faith that, to jump. And it was probably wise, honestly, at that point. <laughs> I'm not telling you to jump off a cliff today like they were. But I was like, I'll share that story, and it's a great story, and I'll challenge you. And then just yesterday, God said, it's not going to be your story of how you had a story of faith. It's going to be the church's story. And so for, for two years now, we knew that this wasn't going to be our forever home. Uh, we knew that it wasn't going to be big enough, that there was already parking problems and space, and so we've maxed it out. We've expanded it uh, twice now that we've added more space, and now we're running out. Now we're in three services, and God's placed us in one of the fastest-growing communities in the state, uh, and just more and more people continue to come to our church. We're seeing more life changes. It's been awesome, uh, and I always tell people growing pains are better than dying pains, Right? <laughs> But they're painful nonetheless. And so we said, God, this isn't our forever home. We have a lease on this building. We don't own it. It's not ours. And eventually, like, you know, we're going to have to figure out what's next. And so we just really felt like God was saying, it's, you know, you got you to look for land. You got to look for permanent place. And so we've been on this journey now. And then uh, we, were, we were hopeful that we would be able to save enough money that we could just pay for it cash, and we've saved a considerable amount of money. But as you know, in the last four years, the price of land in this area has almost tripled in value. And so we saw this gap, and I went to the board in the January, and I said, we, there's a gap, and, and we got to figure out how to make this up. And we got to close this gap because we're going to run out of time, but, and we're gonna, it's going to limit our growth. And so I went to the board, and I said, I really feel like we need to start this initiative. We need to raise the money. And they said, well, well what piece of property? And I said, I, I don't know. I said, I, I just know that God's saying we got to get ready, and I literally have a map in my office with 56 properties circled on it, and over the last few months, we've been diligent calling, talking to people, literally not talk, calling farmers who aren't even, have their land for sale, and saying, what would you want, would you be interested in selling, all these things, and two years earlier, we 
we saw a piece of property that we thought this would be the ideal spot for our church. If we could get this piece of property, it would be awesome. And so it's more of a business development park. And so we went to the owners and we said, hey, would you be willing to, to sell us a piece of property? And they said, no, we don't really want a church here. No offense, right? You're like, oh, none taken. Um, you know, <laughs> but this is a business park and we don't really want a church in here. And, you know, like that's not really kind of the use that we had planned for this and not really it. And so we said, okay. And then, and then we, we actually went back to them a second time and we said, are you sure, you know, you don't want? And they were like, well, we may be open to it, but this is going to be the price. And we were like, okay, that price is well beyond where we could ever afford. And so we just thought closed door. But I really felt like, man, this is it. This is, I felt like, man, this would be the ideal spot. So we just said, God, we'll just keep searching and seeking. And so no big doors had opened. We're looking, and I'm going, God, we need to know before we do this. Like, how are people going to give to something this big without knowing what it is? And God's like, trust me. Step out in faith. Just trust me. I'll show you, right? What did he tell Abraham? Go and move, and I'll show you the land that you're going to take. He said, trust me, like Abraham did, step out in faith. So we stepped out in faith. And I believe it was the step of faith we all took as a church to say, God, we will pursue you in this initiative that opened the door for God to move. So about six weeks ago, um, I called back the realtor, and I thought, well, they don't want a church, but we have a child care center now, and it's going pretty good. <laughs> Maybe they'd like to have a child care center on their property with a church, Right? So I call him up and talk to the realtor, and he said, listen, it's, they've been real slow. This isn't moving the needle for them, and, and, you know, I'll pass it up the chain, you know. He goes, but probably, you know, nothing going to happen from it. I wouldn't hold your breath kind of thing, and I just thought, okay, you know, I just wanted to throw it out there and just see. Well, three weeks later, he calls me back, and he said, hey, Kyle, you know, I think I got good news for you. So what's that? He goes, they're open to the youth now, and now they're you know, here's the price point it would be at, and this was it, and it was really close to what we would be able to do, and so we began this process about six weeks ago, going back and forth, back and forth with this owner, trying to work out all, the, when you buy a piece of property, there's a lot of things that go into play, there's a long due diligence period, and I want to tell you, uh, we're not in contract yet, uh, but all the terms have been agreed to on the piece of property, and so then we'll take the next steps to go into contract, and then there's a due diligence period where we have to do all of our homework to make sure this property will work for what we want it to work. Uh, and literally, I wasn't going to share it today because we didn't have the technically signed LOI, they call it, letter of intent, all the terms, and I was just going to let it go, and the realtor called me yesterday. And he just said, hey, man, we weren't able to get that signed, but I want you to know it's all good. They're good with the terms. You're good with the terms. We'll get this thing in contract in the next two weeks. He goes, I'm excited for you to be able to tell your church about it. That God did this. See, here's the deal. I didn't make this happen. I tried to make this happen two years ago. I was knocking on this door for two years. Come on, let us in, let us in, let us in. No, not interested, not interested. And it, you think it's coincidence as we stepped out in faith as a church that God goes, okay, I got you. And not only does he have us, and we'll talk price and all that in the future, we can't get into all those things right now, but it's at a price that's unbelievable. Unbelievable what God's done. And he gets all the glory for it. George Mueller said, faith does not operate in the realm of the possible. There's no glory for God in that which is humanly possible. Faith begins where man's power ends. This is God, church. The band's coming, we're going to close out. And 
We have commitment cards sitting on the seats, and now God has provided, and he's done something. And I really feel like for some of you, you needed to hear this today. You needed to know where, not because the, the location was so important. It's that you know God is in this. This is not me. This isn't our team. This isn't our staff. God is doing something unique in our church. He's growing our church. He's changing lives. People are coming to a service and walking out free from depression, being set free. God is doing something, and you and I have the opportunity to get involved in what he's doing. And God's saying, don't miss your chance to get in on this. Don't miss your opportunity to be a part of what I'm doing. Take your step today. Whatever that step may be, take your step. Allow God to provide through you for the next generation, for this community. Because that building, that's all it is. It's just going to be a tool for us to reach more people with the love of God. So today, if you're a guest with us, please don't feel obligated. But our goal is 100% of those that would say, this is my family, this is my church. I'm going to go all in today. I'm going to take my next state step of faith when it comes to pursuing Jesus through generosity. And some of you have maybe already filled out your card, and if so, that's fine. We just want to take the next few minutes to pray and to say, God, one more time, I want to listen to you. God, I want to seek you. I want to do what's pleasing to you, not to myself. And maybe he'll change what he's told you. I don't know, maybe he won't. But for some of you to say, God, what do you want to do for me? God, I will listen, I will obey. The commitment card's on the screen, and it's right there, but thankful for John and Jane Doe. They've been so generous people for so long. But John and Jane typically give $3,500 a year, so this includes what you currently give. This is what we're going to do. In addition, another $1,000 a year, that gets us at $4,500 a year. That's going to get me somewhere on this ladder of where I'm going to become consistent in my giving. That gets me to $9,000 over two years. And then they said, hey, I'm going to give a gift out of savings. I'm going to give a gift from a stock. I'm going to give my bonus. We've had people say, we're not going to go on vacation. We're going to give that, whatever it is, but we're going to give an additional two. And then that gets me to my annual all-in two-year commitment for next is what we're asking you to do and asking you to pray about. And so now is our turn, church. God has done it. He's provided. Right on time, literally yesterday. Here's the answer. Here's where the future is. And now it's time for us to be a part of what God is doing. And so the band's just going to play for a couple minutes. I just want to ask you to pray one more time. And then we're going to come forward in just a minute and bring our commitments to the Lord. So would you just pray with me for the next few minutes? God, we again quiet our hearts before you one more time. We ask for you to speak to us. Give us the faith to follow you, to be obedient to what you're asking us to do. God, do the impossible through us as we take our next step in pursuit of you through generosity. God, will you do only what you can do in and through us? We bring our best, God, and we trust you with the rest. In Jesus' name, amen. Take a few minutes to pray. We'll come back in just a second. chapter 4 verses 32 through 37 it says this all of the believers were united in heart and mind and they felt that what they owned was not their own this was the birth of the early church just four chapters into acts this is the new the new way the christians who were following after jesus he said what i have is not my own anymore jesus gave his all for me so it said they shared everything that they had the apostles preached they testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. It says that God's great blessing was upon all of them. You see, if 
God can get it through you, he'll bring it to you. So God was blessing them for their heart of generosity. He blessed them with more. It says there were no needy people among them. Because those who own land and houses would sell them and just bring their money to the apostles. You see, that's what happened for this woman in our church. She experienced the resurrection power of God in her life. And she said, whatever that is, I want more of it. I don't care what amount, what is it, Kyle? What level do I need to be on? I'm all in. And it said these people experienced the resurrection power of God. It said that they just began to sell their possessions and said, whatever God wants, he can have it. I want them to use it to help others. It said there was even this guy, Joseph, who they nicknamed Barnabas. It said that he brought a field. He sold a field that he owned, and he brought all the money and said, here it is, God. Use it as you want. Just help other people experience what I've experienced. Today, historic day in our church, not only because God's opened the door for our future, it's historic in all of us, we are coming united in one heart, in one mind, in one vision of saying, God, we want to help people discover new life in Christ. I want my faith to go to the next level. God, I want to be all in. God, I want to follow you. I want to serve you. I don't want you to have part of me. I want you to have all of me. God, I want you to do something in my life that you've never done before. My stuff, my resources, God, my life is not mine and it's yours all yours. We step into what's next. We started this series out with telling a story of Charles Blondin, who was a tightrope walker in the 1800s, a French guy, and he would put a tightrope across Niagara Falls and do all kinds of crazy stunts as he would walk this rope over the falls. There was a time where he was there, there was big crowds coming to watch, and he had a wheelbarrow, just like we have here today. And he pushed the wheelbarrow across on a tightrope, and he got to the other side, People were cheering, and he said, how many of you believe that I could put a human in this and go back over to the other side? And they said, we believe, we believe, and he quieted the crowd. He said, okay, who wants to get in? Right? Because when you get in the wheelbarrow, you're saying, my life is in your hands. Today, church, this is our chance. This is what we're doing as a church. This is where Jesus said, your treasure and your your money and your heart are connected. I want all of your heart, so you need to go all in. God, I'm going to get in the wheelbarrow. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to take a step. I'm going to see you do only what you can do. God, you're doing it for the church. God, do it for me. That's what he desires to do, but it takes you taking a step of faith. Church, would you stand with me today? Now this is time for you to say, God, I'm all in. Today we're going to have you come forward and put your commitment cards in the wheelbarrow too. And I know it's a little bit different. We don't always do it like this where you come forward. But there's something that happens when you physically move. When you put action behind your faith. It's a step of faith where you move out from where you are and you say, God, I'm in. God, I'm going to follow you. God, I'm going to trust you. There's something about when we put action behind our faith, just like Abraham did, putting Isaac on the altar. We act, we trust, we're God guides, you're going to provide. And when we do something like that, when we put action behind it, it's when our faith becomes alive. And I'm believing for many of you today, you're going to step beyond your comfort zone. You're going to step into the realm of what only God can do in your life. And just wait. I'm more excited about that than anything else. Some of you, God is going to just radically change your perspective of him radically change your trust in him today is the day for many of you that you really
really take your next step, not in an initiative to do anything other than to say, God, I want all of you, so here's all of me. God, we love you. We bring our best to you. We trust you with the rest. You are worth it all. We will never regret the investment, the step of faith we take for you. We'll never look back and go, God, I wish I wouldn't have done that. God, today you are going to do miracles in people's lives, and I thank you, God, in advance for what you're going to do. Here's our best, God. We trust you with the rest. The band's going to play this song. It says it's worth it all. Today we go all in. We say, God, I'm all in. I'm going to ask you at this time just to step out, to come forward, to bring your commitment to the Lord as we close out with this song together. Let's go all in together today, church.